peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Getting back to the book of Genesis, I'm going to do my best not to sneeze all over the mic and all over your ears. My allergies have been going crazy and it's been a rough couple days with the allergies. Anyway, we're getting into some interesting places in the life of Abraham <clears throat> and we're going to get into some places where we see his faith really put to the test and God bringing him to the point of spiritual maturation. So without further ado, let's get into this. Genesis chapter 18, verse one, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. That word memory means strength or fatness. What the significance of that is exactly, I don't necessarily know. Um, a lot of times when I look up these words, I, I mean, I think these words have significance and their meaning has significance. I don't necessarily always understand that significance just yet. Nonetheless, I look into it anyway. In verse two, and he lift up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them um, from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Now, I want you to notice a couple things. Notice he ran to them. And he bowed himself before the ground and notice before that it said in verse one, the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of memory. And the next thing we see is three men stood by him. Now, I can act like I'm some kind of scholar and I'm going to explain to you exactly what's going on and I understand all the ins and outs. That'd be a lie. This is something I'm. I'm looking at and I'm I'm seeking some understanding from God on what's going on. We know the Bible says the Lord appeared unto him. And now we see these three men. What is the significant the significance of the fact that it's three of them? Are these three a physical representation of God? I'm, I'm led to believe that following what these verses are saying. And we'll see that in, in different aspects within these verses. We'll see. And said, my Lord, this is Abraham talking. Now notice there's three, but yet he is speaking singularly. 
and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Abraham wants to be in the presence of God. This is what he wants. And I think all of the things that has happened up to this point, I think, I think, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing different things happen in Abraham's life. God showed himself faithful in several instances. God gives Abraham promises, solidifies those promises, does things in Abraham's life. And Abraham doubts, you know, he's, he's a dude that is prone to doubt. We've seen that throughout these verses. But Abraham, but God is bringing Abraham to a point of maturation in the faith. He's maturing and he is seeing that I can depend on God, period. If God says it, it's true. God is going to come through every time in the way that he does. And verse four, the Bible says, uh, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Now I did a little looking into this and um, I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging. I wanted to know what, cause you see this in a new Testament as well. I want to know what is the cultural significance of washing feet? Because clearly this has some significance and, and what's being shown, but I don't really know what it is. The problem I ran into is in every instant it, it, where I looked this up, it gave me a, a spiritual, um, um, aspect of foot washing from a new Testament perspective. And what I'm looking for is I just want the non-religious cultural, um, um, relevance, the cultural and historical relevance of foot washing, because I believe there is some historical and cultural relevance that does lends it that does lend itself to a spiritual application. But I think in order to understand that spiritual application, I have to understand the cultural relevance. I have not got there yet. So it's still something I'm looking into in verse five. And I will fetch you a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. Um, after that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And I like to notice, you know, simple things. Something else I wanted to point out too that I almost forgot. And and so when I was going through verse two, I, I thought about something. Uh so so the Lord appeared to Abraham. Right. It said the Lord appeared to him in the plains of memory. And how did he appear? He appeared. You know, these three men appeared physical representation of God. I, I believe that's what's going on. I'm not going to feign to you that I understand all of the intricacies and implica implications of what's going on here, because I don't yet. I think sometimes when we read our Bible, we infuse cultural mysticism into how we walk our Christian lives out in the modern day. And I think that's a problem. God definitely did many things in the Old Testament. Not that he could not do those things now, but we have to we have to stick with 
the Bible teaching. And I wanted and when I read through this, it made me think about the book of Hebrews. Um Hebrews chapter one and verses one through three. The Bible says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of majesty on high i think sometimes we we want to make things that happen in the old testament we almost want to make them um i don't want to say they're they're irrelevant so i'm I'm trying to word this in a proper way we want to force old testament situations upon our own lives as though this is something that's going to happen to us today not that it couldn't but i think what we miss when we do that is the lord jesus christ um the testimony of the old testament is fully revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to quote a verse yet again that I quoted before. The Lord Jesus Christ speaking to a crowd said, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. The Bible says of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything we need is fulfilled and revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That when I was reading through this, that was just something I thought about because I think there is a certain air of mysticism that that we've kind of steepled ourselves in, in in this era instead of just getting to the Bible and sticking with what the Bible actually says. So in verse five, some things I noticed. Um. I see that sustenance, food, vittles, as they're called, is is seen to comfort the heart. Right. The Bible says, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. You always hear uh, comfort food and you sometimes you see people who run into tragic situations have said, you know, some people gain weight and they said they found comfort in food. I, I think this is something that is an actual thing. And, and I'm not saying you should overindulge, right? We should all moderate and we should be healthy, but I think finding comfort in food is a thing. And notice Abraham referred to himself as their servant right now now remember there's three and in verse five the bible says and i will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts 
After that, ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant, to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. This is, I never realized how interesting this portion of scripture was until I actually started reading and paying attention to what actually happened. The Bible says God appeared to Abraham. And for, for, from everything I'm seeing, he appeared to Abraham in the, in the, he appeared to Abraham via these three men. So is this a, like I said, is this a physical representation of God? I'm, I'm led to believe reading all of this, that it is. And that's very interesting. Why three, why three? I don't necessarily have answers to all of these. Maybe this is, you know, some of this stuff is simple to you. I know um, you, you can you could say there's a representation of God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. Definitely um, a, a possibility. I can't necessarily say that with 100 percent assurance. Definitely a leaning that I have and a huge possibility. And verse six and Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal needed, make cakes upon the hearth. Now, I did not know. I was like, what the heck is a hearth? I've never heard of such a thing. And I looked it up. It is a pavement or floor or brick or stone um, and a chimney on which fire is made to warm a room and from which there is a uh, passage for the smoke to ascend. So this is, you know, some kind of oven, some um, uh, somewhere where things are cooked. So he told uh, Sarah or Abraham hasten unto Sarah. Abraham is moving with urgency. And when I read through all of these passages right here, I see Abraham moving with a sense of urgency. This is serious. I'm not playing. And other place I saw that before this was when Noah built the ark. He moved with a sense of urgency and fear. He was getting it done. In verse eight, the Bible says, and he took butter and milk and a calf, which was dressed and set it before them and stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Now, looking at this again, uh, if this is a physical representation of God, I am confused. Like what, what does all this signify? What does this mean? Abraham is giving them prepared a meal for them to eat. You know, when you look at what, what can we really offer God that does not already belong to him, which which makes me think how much more should we be offering God because it's all his anyway. In the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 24, verse one, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. All of this belongs to God. All of this belongs to him. We, we don't own any of this. So when thinking about that, I was like, man, what is the significance of Abraham moving with such haste and preparing this meal and bringing it? 
I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to even front with you like I understand the significance of all of this. But these are questions that I ask myself. So I pose these questions to you as well. Now, I'm going to read verse nine through 15. And this is this is interesting because something something is different here. I'm going I'm to show you. And they and and they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. Now, notice the Bible says there was three. But in verse 10, the Bible says, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent, in the tent door, uh, which is behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be uh, with Sarah after the manner of woman. Right. So so Sarah's beyond that childbearing age, you know, uh, physically looking at the situation. This looks like an impossibility. Right? But God is showing Abraham something in all of these things. God is getting Abraham to a place where Abraham knows, though I don't understand it, though it may not make sense. If God said it, it's so I know it's so and I can trust that. So in verse uh, 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am wax old, shall I have pleasure? Uh, my Lord being old also. So Sarah laughed and the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I of surety bear a child which am old? And what I notice is I remember when Abraham laughed God didn't necessarily challenge Abraham as to why he laughed. He just gave him a further statement. But here he challenges why Sarah is laughing. And that challenge he gave to Abraham. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh saying, shall I have surety bear a child, which am old? So he's like, why did your wife laugh? In verse 14 um, is anything too hard for the Lord? Again, God is getting Abraham to a place. He's taking him to this place of maturity in the faith. Um, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. Uh, then here's what's, what's pretty funny. I'll end right here. The Bible says, then Sarah denied saying, I laugh not for she was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. That was the end of it. Um, imagine, imagine coming before God and say, well, uh, I didn't laugh. Nah, you did. You, what are you going to say to God? What are you, what are you going to argue to the most high God of heaven and earth? Is it you? How how are you going to deny something from him that sees and knows all? But yet we do it. All of us do it. I think in, in, in some ways, 
in one way, shape or form, all of us are guilty of thinking that we can get away with something and somehow God won't know. Silly of us. Silly of us. Humans are probably among the most silly creatures on the planet. But again, we see Abraham getting to this point of maturation. We see God. It seems it seems as though reading both in what happened to Noah and in what happened to Abraham with Noah, God came to Noah and said, there's going to be a flood. Waters are going to come from the deep. It's going to rain. All of these things are things that Noah had never Noah nor anyone else had ever seen before. But Noah nonetheless believed what God said and moved with fear. And again, we see here, God is telling Abraham and Sarah, you're going to bear a child at this appointed time. Sarah's past the age of childbearing for all, for, for, for all to, for everything that you could look at physically, you would say there's no way she could bear a child. And, and God is telling Abraham, nah, this is going to happen. I said it. And it's going to happen. God is bringing Abraham to a point of maturation. And what is God showing us? Could it be that God is showing us that we should be walking by faith, not by sight? Don't worry about what you can see when the Bible says something. You have to rest on that. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.